0: PRISON JOURNAL OF STEPHEN F. AUSTIN, 1833-1835, PART 1, FROM THE TEXAS HISTORICAL ASSOCIATION QUARTERLY, VOLUME 2, NUMBER 3, JANUARY 1899. THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG the Prison Journal of Stephan F. Austin. This hitherto unpublished private diary appears in the quarterly by the kind permission of Colonel Guy M. Bryan, who, as all old Texans know, is a nephew of Stephan F. Austin. It follows closely a copy in possession of Colonel Bryan, made by his brother Moses Austin Bryan, from the original, which was written by austin in pencil in a small blank book that he managed to conceal when he was searched at the time of his incarceration the matter at the end refers to a project which austin succeeded in accomplishing while he was in mexico and which was in fact the establishment of the first public mail route between the mexican republic and the united states this matter is written without a date on the back of the last page of the copy. Colonel Bryan says that Austin's criticism of the Catholic Church should be taken as referring not to the Church in general, but to the form of Catholicism then prevailing in Mexico. The italicized title given below is written in ink on the cover of the manuscript, except the explanatory words quote, private. End quote and before confinement and which were added by colonel bryan under this title on the manuscript are pencilled the words three months in the ex-inquisition and not allowed to speak to anyone one year in the prison of the acordada and the balance of the time with the city of mexico for his limits under bond and was finally released without trial under a general amnesty law passed by the Congress. End quote. This title and the penciled edition would appear to be original with Moses Austin Bryan. Editor Quarterly Private Diary of General S. F. Austin before confinement and while confined in the ex inquisition city of Mexico, 1833. And 1834 and 1835. I left Mexico on the 10th December 1833 in a coach in company with Don Luis de la Rosa, deputy in the General Congress, Don Octavian de la Rosa y Don Miguel Ortega. The first day at the Pantla, five leagues. December 11th at Wiwitoca, 12 leagues. December 12th, Tula, 12 leagues december thirteenth arroyo seco thirteen leagues december fourteenth san juan del rio fourteen leagues san juan del rio very long street don luis and myself went to take a walk everything was dull a church built in sixteen eighty three with a new front of the corinthian order at the expense as the padre told us of a famous robber and assassin who had been the terror of the country? He was taken at last. He employed the money which he had robbed in building the front of the church. He received civil pardon and spiritual absolution and went to heaven. So said the padre, and he knew because the tradition was not old about fifty years. December fifteenth, a fourteen leagues, a city of convents and churches with some very good private houses the convent of santa clara for nuns is the largest it is said in the republic and the richest the inside of the church is excessively loaded with costly ornaments all of the most ancient gothic style worthy emblem of such a monster of the past century one is astonished at seeing these monuments of the barbarity and ignorance of the tenth and twelfth centuries Preserved with so much care in the nineteenth century and in a republic, marry women with God. How ridiculous to break the commandment of God Himself and to go contrary to His intent in creating women in order to please God in consequence. Sixteen December, we remained at Queretaro. We visited the convents, these are many and very large. In that of. Blank. there is a large orchard well watered it has a large fountain constructed by a marquis who has perpetuated his fame and piety by a statue of himself of his own size which stands in the centre of the fountain on a base of stone he is habited in the old fashion there are extensive baths convenient to the fountain constructed by the same marquis how much sweat and tears from the indian slaves must the money have cost which the marquis employed in the construction of this fountain and baths but he received absolution from the monks and went to heaven in the orchard there are many very pretty cypress trees i collected seeds from them to carry to texas they showed me some of these trees planted by the hands of the reverend father morfit who had been a monk in this convent and a missionary at Nagadoches in Texas. This monk is very famous for he had been a second Moses. At Nagadoches, all the springs went dry, and he went out with images of the saints and necessary apparatus to perform miracles. He struck a blow with a rod of iron on a rock which stands on the bank of the creek Lanana in Nagadoches and immediately a stream of water gushed out sufficient to supply the inhabitants with water to drink this miracle was canonized in rome and a print or engraving of the fact was made in order to perpetuate it this same padre when he left nagadoches for bechar lost a baggage mule which a tiger killed and in the morning as soon as the padre knew it he made the tiger come and kneel at his feet and then he was harnessed and loaded with the baggage of the dead mule which he carried to bechar and then having received a pardon for having killed the mule was sent back to the desert all this is true because several old women told it to me in nagadoches and bechar and we ought not to suppose that Rome would order an engraving to be made of a miracle of the water, only to deceive credulous people. In Queretaro, the sweet potatoes are very rich, the best I have ever tasted. Sweetmeats are very good and exceedingly cheap. In the convent of Santa Clara are sold large quantities of sweetmeats of infinite kinds and qualities. Ah, woman what inadequate shadows are these sweetmeats made by that hands compared to the tranquil pleasure which ye ought to dispense by occupying that rank in society and in the world which god of nature gave ye and which the barbarous and avaricious cunning of rome has deprived ye this city is very well supplied with water of good quality brought by an aqueduct from the mountain in front of the city it passes a valley on arches which are very well constructed and are about sixty or seventy feet high the aqueduct is about half a league long it is a useful work worthy of paris or any city in the world in the public square there is a large fountain of hewn stone very convenient and beautiful the water rises to the second story in the houses situated in the lowest part of the town there is a story respecting this work which has been affirmed to me as correct that two rich men in a moment of conviviality speaking of the practicability of bringing water from the mountain in front one said that it was practicable and the other affirmed that it was impossible and offered to build a fountain in the public square of solid gold if the other would bring the water upon this the first admitted the challenge and they both mutually obligated themselves to the execution by an act legally passed he that offered to bring the water completed the work and made the aqueduct and arches above mentioned but he spent his fortune and ruined himself the other then refused to make the fountain of gold a lawsuit was commenced and in fine he was compelled to make it of hewn stone and to conduct the water through all the streets of the city in which he also expended his fortune and ruined himself in this case wine rendered a very great service to the human race because it caused these two rich men to employ their fortunes for the benefit of the people instead of giving them as very probably they would have done to convents the streets of Queretro are irregular of various width and crooked or serpentine it is situated on the side of a hill the potatoes of this place are famed for their sweetness when roasted they appear to be sweetmeats if it were practicable as is said to open a road for carriages from this city to the head of navigation panuco river it would increase very fast and in a little time would be opulent modernized and free from prejudice because it would be the depot for all the bajio and a great commerce would be carried on in domestic and foreign produce it would be in fine the center of commerce of a fertile and extensive territory after that various manufactures could be established here to great advantage by making use of the convents for that purpose and by giving employment to many vicious inhabitants who now appear to live, God knows how, as they have no ostensible occupation. The tavern at which we stayed in front of the convent of Santa Clara is a very large and well-built house of two stories. It is very convenient Having a fountain of water, warm and cold baths, very good rooms, but without a single bedstead or cot. All the furniture of one of the best rooms consisted of two or three common chairs and a very ill-made table. It is said that the stage company of Mexico is endeavoring to purchase the house for a tavern and will furnish it after civilized fashion. Seventeenth December. 14 leagues to Celaya, a town of about 4,000 inhabitants. The public square is surrounded by arches, as is the case in most of the towns of the Bahio. It contains some very good buildings of hewn stone. The church of the Convent of the Carmelite Monks is exceedingly magnificent of modern construction. The interior is adorned with ionic columns and not so loaded with ornaments and statues as the gothic churches but much more handsome and agreeable to the eye the architect was an indian a native of the place who died in august of the cholera he studied architecture by himself and made his own models of wood he had great natural talent and his death is a loss to his country how many other indians would there be of As much or even more talent if their education were cultivated. The convent is large, very well built, one hundred sixty years old, rich in estates and rents. It has two monks. There is also a very large convent of San Francisco. We went in and walked all over the building without seeing a single soul. It contains two or three friars. THERE ARE ACCOMMODATIONS FOR MORE THAN 200. THERE IS ALSO A LARGE CONVENT OF San AUGUSTINE WELL CONSTRUCTED. THE INDIAN ARCHITECT WHO BUILT THE CHURCH IN THE CONVENT OF THE CARMEN WAS ERECTING A NEW STEEPLE FOR THE CHURCH OF THIS CONVENT OF A NEW OR MIXED ARCHITECTURE DIFFERENT FROM ANY THAT I HAVE SEEN BEFORE AFTER HIS OWN IDEAS. HE HAD IT HALF FINISHED WHEN HE DIED. Besides these convents, there is several chapels and a parochial church. If all this money had been employed in opening a carriage road from Queretaro to the river Panuco, how different would have been the situation of the Bajio with respect to its commerce and improvements. What a pity that Rome did not set down as a dogma that the man who should leave his property to open roads, canals, to establish schools, foment agriculture and the arts, should go straight to heaven as soon as dead. The Mohammedans were conquerors and desolators by a paragraph of the Koran. Rome could have made the Catholics the civilizers and patrons of the arts with the same facility. All that was wanting was an edict of the Council of Trent or of any other council or a bull of the Pope at dusk don miguel suddenly entered the room and told us that the robbers were scheming with the coachman to rob us on the following day all the company became alarmed and don luis determined to go to the political chief and ask him for an escort i was opposed to it i did not believe the story about the robbers they replied that i was not acquainted with the country or the people that it was full of robbers i said that it appeared impossible that there should be so many robbers in a country that abounded so much in churches ah my friend said d these churches have only served to demoralize the people and for this parents have broken the ties of nature and trampled on the most amiable and delicate sentiments of humanity and civilization disinheriting their children In ORDER TO CONSTRUCT CONVENTS AND CHURCHES THAT ONLY SERVED TO DEMORALIZE AND CORRUPT THE PEOPLE AND WITH ALL THIS THERE ARE MEXICANS WHO DESIRE TO PERPETUATE THIS MONSTER THE INFLUENCE AND POWER OF THE CLERGY EVEN THE LATE ADMINISTRATION OF BUSTAMANTE WAS DESIROUS OF GOVERNING THE NATION BY THE MITRE AND MONASTIC SUPERSTITION CREDULITY AND IGNORANCE instead of governing by intelligence and common sense don luis went to see the political chief and agreed with him for an escort of one sergeant and five militia at a day for each man and on the following day we set out in great state coach and six soldiers on horseback as an escort with their lances and red flags eighteenth december eighteen thirty three 12 leagues to salamanca we arrived early and went to visit the convent of the augustinos a very large building of very solid construction of stone and mortar it occupies a whole block on the public square and has behind it the river salamanca at 200 paces distant the building including the church has 156 varas in length and 135 in width and has two courtyards. The first has portals on the four sides, sustained by very solid pillars of stone well cut, joined together by arches, under each one of which there is a large painting or picture representing some miracle or passage in the life of St. Augustine. The edifice is two stories high. The other courtyard is very large and gives light to the cells of the friars that surround it this enormous building is abandoned, for there are only two monks who occupy a room in the large courtyard in the first story. In the second, there is not a single soul. The whole republic is full of these edifices, and many of the best plantation lands and an innumerable quantity of houses and even palaces in the cities belong to these monuments of ignorance of the past generation and of the cunning and avarice of rome it appears incredible that it is possible for mankind to have been so deceived to such a pitch as to make them believe that they could purge themselves of the sins of this life by giving their wealth and property to maintain a set of monks in idleness and every kind of immorality and even of crime which was committed under the cloak of religion parents have left their children in want and misery in order to give their riches to friars to fatten on in their wickedness while the sons being thus robbed of their inheritance have given themselves up to vice and probably to robbery in order to live receiving absolution from the same monks that enjoyed their inheritance rome rome until the mexican people shake off thy superstitions and wicked sects they can neither be a republican nor a moral people 19th december to silao 14 leagues 20th december to leon 15 leagues the bajio a great valley which extends from queretaro to lagos about 100 leagues long and from 10 to 12 wide it contains the towns of celaya salamanca silao leon lagos and several villages the city of guanajuato is on the mountain five leagues from silao this valley is excessively fertile and sufficiently populated it has a dull aspect because its natural beauty and fertility is not attested by industry and art it abounds in churches and convents and in times gone by in friars the most of whom have disappeared in the political revolutions leaving the people heirs to their idle superstitions and corrupt habits there are a great many robbers in the bajio the labors of the fields and factories are done principally by the indians the character and natural disposition of this people appear to be very good they are industrious humble patient and docile they speak in their native or original language and still preserve some of their ancient customs they also speak in spanish badly however and have acquired some modern habits but not of the best kind they are very fanatical and superstitious as regards this subject perhaps the only change that they have undergone is from the adoration of coarse and ugly images of stone To that of pretty well-made images of wood richly clad it is difficult to say whether they belong to the past or present times they may be called shades of antiquity with some modern spots they are naturally well disposed and talented and if their education were cultivated they would undoubtedly be equal to the whites more docile and very good citizens the great mass of the mexican republic is composed of this class they are not at this time capable of governing themselves and consequently badly prepared to become republicans in fine most of their customs and ideas are repugnant to the principles of the system adopted by the nation this is a very great evil which has to be remedied before the republic may be said to be solidly established because this form of governments has to be blank and sustained by the general goodwill and opinion, but if there be no will or opinion permanent and established, how is the evil to be cured by education and example, the first by well-regulated schools, and the second by means of foreign population engrafted thus combining everything which is most essential to instruct that is theory and example the substantial and palpable practice of virtues of industry and of habits civilized useful and republican schools might be established by appropriating the property of the clergy an example might be obtained by the emigration of foreigners increasing at the same time the population and wealth and wealth of the republic therefore the two cardinal points on which the government should fix their attention are education and emigration already stages and taverns have been established between vera cruz and mexico by foreigners this has been a kind of school inasmuch as the mexicans have learned by example the manner and the advantages The result is that they are going to run stages by Mexicans from Mexico to Zacatecas and San Luis and so progressing throughout the whole country where the roads are passable, establishing also taverns at convenient points. This is a very great step toward civilizing the country and uniting the states with each other, because when transportation is easy... THERE WILL BE FREQUENT COMMUNICATION AND INTERCOURSE OF INTERESTS AND FRIENDSHIP BETWEEN REMOTE POINTS, WHICH WILL BE SO MANY OTHER LINKS TO CEMENT THE UNION. THERE IS A VERY GREAT OBSTACLE TO ANY SYSTEM OF EDUCATION OR OF EMIGRATION, WHICH HAS TO BE REMOVED BEFORE MUCH PROGRESS CAN BE MADE BY THIS MEANS, WHICH IS RELIGIOUS INTOLERANCE. THIS RESTRICTS THE SPHERE OF EDUCATION and tends to perpetuate superstitious customs and ideas on one side and prevents foreign emigration on the other and it has to be during the existence of an insurmountable counterpoise which debilitates the march of the nation in improvements if it does not entirely blank it in this town leon there are factories of saddlery and tanneries there are also some of cotton cloth of a coarse kind. Whence comes the cotton? Will it be credited that it comes from Coahuila and even from Texas by way of San Luis, Potosí and Tampico? Nevertheless, thus it is. There is no part of the republic, nor can there be of the world, more adapted to the cultivation of cotton than the Bajio. The planters could raise it for three dollars per cubic weight, free from seed and of a superior quality but in place of this it is purchased in distant countries from seven dollars to ten dollars a hundred texas which ten years since was a wilderness inhabited only by savages now supplies the Bajio with cotton about four hundred leagues distant a country naturally more fertile and a better climate for cotton than texas where it has been possible to expend innumerable millions of dollars in the fabrication of wonderful edifices for the clergy but not a dollar for public education or for the fomentation of agriculture arts and manufactures there is a school or college recently established here which promises well there is a castle or tower constructed by augustin de iturbide in the year eighteen fifteen. At that time commander-general under the government of the king the object of the castle was to defend the town from the insurgents it appears to me that it is entirely useless as a defense for the town from attacks from outside but it is sufficient to hold the town in awe and subjection there are many rumors of robbers so that don luis is determined to have as far as lagos the same escort that we brought from celaya the escort is composed of militia who are paid thirteen reals for each man daily what a sad and pitiable condition of the most fertile lovely and populated part of the republic where travelers may not journey with safety without an escort of armed men the people of leon appear very bigoted no cheerfulness or sociability every house appears to be a convent their extreme devotion caused me to remark to don luis is it possible that robbers can exist in the midst of so much piety ah my friend he replied this piety is one of the cloaks tainted with corruption that we have inherited from the spaniards this manifest superstition is a cloak that we have to shake off BEFORE WE CAN MAKE ANY RAPID PROGRESS IN IMPROVEMENT. twenty-first DECEMBER 1833. TO LAGOS 12 LEAGUES. THIS TOWN IS SITUATED UPON A RIVULET NEAR WHICH ARE SOME LAKES FROM WHICH IT DERIVES ITS NAME. IT IS NEAR THE FOOT OF THE MOUNTAIN AND HERE TERMINATES THE Bahio. THE LANDS IN THE VICINITY ARE VERY FERTILE. THE CHURCH IS THE HIGHEST I HAVE SEEN OF ARABIC-GOTHIC ARCHITECTURE. It contains a convent of capuchin nuns an order more rigid than any other don luis related to me a sad story of a pretty girl that took the veil when very young it appears to me that man must cease to be man to approve of these prisons where the most precious part of the works of the almighty are incarcerated all the bajillo has just suffered two great calamities civil war and the cholera morbus in some places one half of the population are said to have died the road from Queretaro is excellent very level and but few stones except on a hill this side of leon the fort called sombrero so renowned in the revolutionary war is situated between leon and lagos on a little round hill on the left of the road the fort of san gregorio may also be seen from leon on the left of the road more distant than the other the great obstacle to the improvement of the interior of the republic is the want of roads to transport produce to the coast for exportation but it appears to me that this obstacle may in a great measure be removed at least so far as regards the bajio i have already said that the country is level as far as queretaro and i understand that from queretaro it is not difficult to open a carriage road to the last navigable point of the river panuco which disembogues at tampico if this be true it is clear that the obstacle is not insurmountable With capitalists and enterprising men this obstacle would in a very little time be removed and then the bahio instead of receiving cotton from texas would export large quantities to europe as also sugar and would supply the coast with wheat and other grain a country without any other exports than gold and silver can never be anything else than dependent on other nations without advancing in agriculture any more than what may be necessary for home consumption such a country in fine is nothing but a nation of miners getting out gold to enrich foreign nations at lagos don luis met his friends who had brought a coach for him from aguas calientes and on the 22nd i took leave of this good friend and virtuous intelligent patriot he is one of the most philanthropical men and the greatest enthusiast for the welfare and felicity of his country that i have known and the most disinterested and industrious twenty second december fifteen leagues to matanzas alone with my servant i took the road to san luis Potosi, and expected to overtake there general pedro lemus commander-general of the internal states of the east who was going to monterey it was my intention to go by cienega de matapara in order to purchase a good horse of those raised at that place which are said to be of the best kind in the republic but on arriving at the hacienda called estancias grande i abandoned the idea as it was so much out of the way and having remained a short time at estancias I passed the night at Matanzas, very fatigued, as it was the first day since the month of May that I had been on horseback. The general aspect of the country today was mountainous and sterile, nothing of much interest. 23rd. I slept at Gallina, 16 leagues, a hacienda belonging to the Marquis del Haral. It did not appear to me very fertile, more adapted to raising stock than for farming purposes december twenty fourth eighteen thirty three. I arrived at San Luis fifteen leagues from blank of Gallina a little after sunset and stopped at the tavern de San Antonio where I met mr Maurice Hebenstrick, a merchant from Maramoros. I arrived very tired, but less than the former day rather worse for a bad headache 25th i remained in san luis potosi mr oregas a partner of Dal's, came to see me also mr cayetana rubio from whom i received the one hundred dollars on the draft from w s parrot i bought a horse for twenty dollars in order to put part of the load that was on the mule my servant Herman was riding so as to travel faster that i might overtake general lemus who had left the day previous i bought a blanket for twenty rials i went to the house of the commandant general to inquire for general lemus and in the office a person told me that he had left for monterey on the twenty-third all the streets leading to the public square were still fortified with bulwarks constructed during the siege the city appeared to be growing IT COULD BE, AND SOME DAY WILL BE, THE DEPOT FOR THE PRODUCE OF THE NEIGHBORING COUNTRY, FOR THE COMMERCE WHICH WILL EXTEND ITSELF FROM TAMPICO BY WAY OF THE RIVER PANUCO, AND BY A ROAD FROM THE HIGHEST NAVIGABLE POINT ON THE RIVER, A WORK WHICH IN A MORE CIVILIZED AND FAVORED COUNTRY WOULD BE CONCLUDED IN A YEAR, BUT HERE IT WILL BE THE WORK OF MANY YEARS, AND PERHAPS OF HALF A CENTURY. Texas cotton is here worth thirty dollars a hundred, and in New Orleans ten dollars. December twenty sixth, eighteen thirty three B Dash Leagues. December twenty seventh, near New Charcas twenty leagues. December twenty eighth, Guadalupe, Carnicero, sixteen leagues. December twenty ninth, Vanegas, fifteen leagues. December 30th, Salado, 14 leagues. December 31st, Rancho Jesus Maria, 15 leagues. January 1st, 1834, Agua Nueva, 12 leagues. January 2nd, Saltillo, at 3 in the afternoon, 9 leagues. On January 3rd, 1834, I was arrested by General Lemus by orders from the Secretary of War, dated in mexico twenty first december and of part one of the prison journal of stephen f austin from the texas historical association quarterly volume two number three january eighteen ninety nine